Tyreek Hill was at Chiefs practice today for the first time since his injury in the opener at Jacksonville. We get Patrick Mahomes' reaction on this and other topics on today's Sportsbeat KC presented by Big O Tires. It's Wednesday, October 2nd, and I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. Also, a mystery was solved. Remember in the first quarter at Detroit when Mahomes took off and ran, and as he started to head upfield, he looked back at the trailing official? What was going through his mind? You'll hear the big reveal about halfway through this 11-minute audio clip. Later, star columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam Melliger weigh in on the new law passed in California on Monday, the Fair Pay for Play Act, which will allow college athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness. That's been against NCAA rules since, well, Theodore Roosevelt helped found the NCAA in 1906. All of this on today's Sportsbeat KC. We're back home. It's under the lights. It's a Sunday night national game. Excited? Yeah, I mean, very excited. Anytime you get to play an arrowhead, it's exciting, of course. And then from the experiences I got uh, these last few years in the primetime games and seeing how the fans show up and are, are loud, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome feeling to be able to go out there and play in front of those guys. Pat, uh, looks like Tyreek's coming back to practice today, um, at least on a limited uh, basis. How, how long do you feel like it'll take you to get back what you had with him before he got hurt? Yeah, I don't think it'll take long at all. Uh, I mean, we, we've we've worked all off season, and then obviously working in training camp and everything like that, and then having the guys that we have around us, we just kind of rotate guys through and get guys reps. And so I think just having him out there and, and being able to just – pick back up where we left off will be something that'll be easy to do. How much have you thrown to him, Pat, since, I mean, I guess when did you start throwing to him when he started able to throw? We saw Sunday pregame, but were there other times you've been able to? No, that was, so, the, the pregame was the, the first time I was able to, uh, so I'm glad to have him out here this week and be able to kind of get back throwing to him again. Can you, can you just go through the, uh, the pass to Pringle at the, near the end of the game to set up the, help set up the touchdown? What, what, what was going on in the play, and, and what did it say about him to come through in such a situation? Yeah, I mean, it, we, we have ultimate trust in him. I mean, he's a guy that's it's gotten the reps and, and worked worked his tail off over the offseason and in training camp. And so he got he got in the game. He actually got in the game the week before and, and made a made a catch and then came in this week and he had a little shallow cross. It was man coverage, so he, he got open and beat his guy. And so I just put it on put it on him. And he actually he, it was a tough run of I mean, taking those hits and getting it down there to the the three yard line and really setting up the touchdown that we ended up getting. Can you, can you, you made say kind of the same thing about Deion Yelder had played an offensive snap until. Sunday and he was part of the game. Yeah, it's the same same exact thing. I mean, he's gotten he got in the reps in training camp. He got a little banged up there at the at the end, so he wasn't able to kind of get going these first few weeks. But as he's kind of got evolved into the offense even more and more, he got his number called. He wasn't the first read necessarily on either one of them, but he came open, beat his guy in man to man coverage, and I was able to find him and he made made a play with it once he got it in his hands. Along the lines of that, you you haven't had your left tackle for a good part of the season. You're you're leading wide receiver from last year for a good part of the season. You started running back heading in. Just what's it say about the team itself, offense and defense, that you've managed to be able to, to win all these games and, and get it done without those pieces? Yeah, I mean, it, it shows that the guys are ready. The guys that are that are not necessarily the starters are ready to play whenever their number is called. And uh, it, it helps tremendously with the depth that we have on this team is that we can kind of just shuffle guys in and they can pick up where the other guy left off. And uh, whenever teams try to take away certain guys from us, we're able to trust these other guys to make plays, and it, it, uh, it will help us out in the, in the long run. Thank you. You've obviously been able to have success without Ty, but just what do you think you missed just not having him in line? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the attention that he gets, uh, I mean, how explosive he is, he obviously can take a 
little shovel pass and take it to the house. I mean, we have a lot of guys like that, but he's 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 a guy that it, it, defenses have to game plan for. Defenses have to account for him with maybe one or two guys to try to figure out a way to stop him, which helps everybody else out. And so uh, ha having him back and uh, when he gets back, I mean, we'll be able to utilize him and these other guys uh, to really expand our offense, take it to another level. Patrick, is he chomping at the bit? Can you tell like he is so ready to get back out there? Yeah, I mean, that's that's how he is. That's how all the guys are. I mean, the, they want to get out there, but the, Rick and the training staff do a good job of putting them on, on that right track to get them out there and them being able to play at the top of their game whenever they're ready. You talked a lot about how much more comfortable you are this year and like the prep and just kind of what you're seeing defenses do. Do you see that more throughout the week as you're prepping and kind of seeing how defenses like to attack, or do you see it more kind of manifesting like in-game and making adjustments and reading how defenses are reacting in the moment? Yeah, I think it's a it's a little bit of both. Uh, obviously, uh, before the before the games, I was able to see stuff that they did to similar offenses, stuff they may have done to us last year, and try to figure out what they're what they're kind of thinking and how I think they're going to game plan for us. And then when you get out there on the field, kind of knowing what we can go back to, what plays we can go to, if they're making certain things that we weren't we weren't necessarily uh, prepping for, and be able to still adjust on the fly and make stuff happen and uh, move the ball down the field. Patrick, you. Um Talk about their defense with your old friend Justin Houston. I mean, you two always were, you know, stretching together, and now you got to look at him. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool to get to play against him. Uh, I mean, obviously, he was a great player for this organization for a long time and still a great player now. So hopefully he's not hitting me too much, but I hope I get to talk to him a little bit on the other side of the football. Patrick, when you have that play where you sort of try and strip the ball from the defensive line, do any coaches say anything? No, I mean, it was mostly my fault that the ball even got knocked out with the little miscue I had with the handling of the ball. And so I was just trying to find a way to get the ball back. I realized he wasn't looking at me. I was a big dude. So if he had been looking at me, I probably wouldn't have went for it. But uh, it's uh, it was a thing where I was just trying to make a play happen, but uh, knowing uh, kind of what I was doing in the moment. What was sort of the balance between, you know, protecting yourself but just having that natural instinct? I think it's just got to catch them off guard a little bit. So hopefully that they're not running full speed at me when it's happening and uh, I can kind of just go in there and go for the strip and maybe get the guy down in whatever way possible. One, one play, Patrick, that was fascinating to fans who watched the game on Sunday was your first scramble out of the pocket. It appeared that you looked back at the referee. Um, there's been some speculation that maybe you were looking at him just to see if there was a penalty on the play. Is that the case? And, and how did you sort of uh, react in that time to, to, to try to look back to make sure before going forward? Yeah, I, uh, that, that was exactly it. I looked back to see if there was a penalty. And uh, I, I saw that I had the room to run and I could probably get the first down. But I didn't want to run like 50 yards if I was going to get called back and have to run another play. So I kind of just looked back to see if there was a penalty, realized there wasn't one. So I just kind of took off. How, how did you sort of develop that? Did you do that at all in college? Or just how did that come to mind in that moment? I, I, I have no idea. Like I, I, when I look back on it, I was like, man, I don't know why I did that. But uh, in the moment, I just kind of thought about it. And I looked back and I saw there was no flag, so I took off. So, that, so that's, a, that's a first in your career. Yeah, that was first for sure. So what would you have done if you had seen a flag? Oh, I still got the first down. That's might not have been the full sprint first down because I mean obviously there could be like hands to the face in the defense and stuff like that but uh, once I saw there wasn't a flag I made sure to turn it up a little bit did you think someone had held on the flag uh, I couldn't. I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that. So I just. I just knew whenever you hold the ball for a long time like that, and I knew they were pressuring us on that play. That. Uh, that the, the offensive line was doing a good job protecting me. So I just wanted to make sure before I really took off and running. That final sequence, you know, knowing that there's a real chance you could lose this game, but being able to kind of will your your team and getting it done, what can that do for you guys in the long term? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're put in that situation, I mean, obviously Coach Reed puts us in those situations in training camp, but it, it's it's different when you get to live action. 
And uh, uh, like I said, after the game, you're not always going to win by two or three touchdowns. You're going to have to – a lot of times in the NFL, you're going to have to find a way to win by one score at the end of games. And so uh, getting into the, the meat of the schedule and keep playing more and more games, we're going to be putting that situation again. And to have an early instance where we found a way to win is going to be something that will help us out a ton in the long run. With your talent, you have been able to just improvise and make great plays. And it seems now it's contagious with the Travis Kelsey to Sean McCoy for the, you know, hook and ladder. Um, are you expecting to see more of that? Are your guys now taking a cue from you that, hey, when this isn't working, let's try something else? Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully we can just do it the regular way. I mean, it was an awesome play, and, and it was super heads up for Kels to do. But uh, hopefully we're not trying to do that too much, and we can focus on just, like, getting the completion and moving the ball down the field. Did it surprise you that Kelsey was the guy doing it? No, not at all. I mean, it was like the perfect two guys. I mean, with those two veteran guys that that had the trust in each other to do that. But uh, I, I, I saw it. I saw it in his eyes when I threw it to him that something was going to happen. So I mean, we kind of talked about it, and then, uh, it was an awesome play. But hopefully, we can stay away from doing it uh, as we go along in the season. Now, when you watch the tape of, of Sunday's game, how much of it was what they were doing defensively, or you just? not being exactly where you wanted to be and learning from kind of what they did. Yeah, I mean, they, they obviously had a great defensive game plan and played played really good man coverage and, and, and really got up there and impressed us and were physical. But uh, there was times where either I missed the throws or, or the receivers didn't run necessarily the, the perfect route or, or a mixture of everything offensive line didn't block for a certain amount of time. And that's just stuff that we have to get better at as a, as a team. We can't miss something here or there. Whenever we get those opportunities against a good defense like Detroit, you have to take advantage of those. I see the advanced analytics out there. I know look at like sack numbers, and it's not just the offensive line as far as our offense. That the sack rate is seven percent right now. It's the lowest in the league. Just I know that guys winning their one-on-one -on -one matchups is obviously contributes to that number, but. How much other stuff goes into it as far as for you knowing how to slide around the pocket and where the, the protective pocket's going to be? Just I know it's often, often attributed to the offensive line, but just how much other stuff goes into it? Yeah, I mean, it goes with the, the whole the whole unit you know, of the whole offense. Everybody has to be on the on the perfect page. I mean, the offensive line knows uh, the plays, and so they know kind of what what the timing is like, and the receivers do the same thing. They know how much time I have back there, so they if they have to shorten up their route, they'll shorten it up, and that's stuff that we've, we've worked on. I felt like last week I could have done a better job of hitching up in the pocket, whereas more throughout the year I was – I've been hitching up and getting into those pockets where last week I was kind of fading a little bit. So that's stuff that I'll that I'll work on. And I mean, it is still the offensive line's got to win their matchups, and they're doing a good job of that. When you said last week, do you mean this last game, or are you referring to the Baltimore? Oh yeah, I was talking about the Detroit game. Yeah, just making sure that I I hitch up a little bit more. There was a throw to Kelsey on the broadcast. There was some like maybe cut off his route. He was headed to the sidelines, but there's some traffic over there. Um, is that what happened? And and how do you build chemistry with the guy where you where you know where you think he's going to stop his route, even if that's something improv that's happened? Yeah, I think it, it, it goes off the coverage. And Coach Reed does a great job of, of talking through every single coverage on almost every single route. And so there's times where – they're cutting off their route and changing their route kind of on the fly, but we've talked about it before and we've worked that look in practice so that I know they're going to do that and I can throw the throw that to them and trust that they're going to make that adjustment on the fly. How often would you say that happens? It, it happens a lot, and I feel like that's a reason one of the reasons why this offense is hard. It's hard to stop is because we're not yeah. we're not necessarily running just what the lines say. We're kind of basing it off the coverages and and Coach Reed's explaining it to us during the week and putting us in those situations to execute at a high level. Last one, Ryan. Uh, Patrick, obviously, uh, athletics runs in your family. Where it's well documented about your dad, but uh, your first cousin now, mm -hmm. basketball player, you know, Casey. What's that like having him play out there and uh, being able to see what he's doing? 
Yeah, I mean, it's awesome for him. I mean, he, he's someone who's he's worked his whole life to, to get this opportunity to play basketball at, at a D1 college. And so he, he's he's super excited to, to, to be there at UMKC, and they've had a, a great program here these last few years. And so I'll be excited to hopefully make it out to a couple games. Well, he's got a little no-look like you. Yeah, he, he is. He, he has a little swag to him, too. He can shoot the three and do all that stuff. I still think I can beat him one-on-one, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> That cousin Mahomes was referring to, the one who plays basketball at UMKC, his name is Sam Martin. He's a guard from Fort Worth, Texas. Martin will redshirt this season and will become a scholarship player for the Kangaroos next year. Let's take a break, and on the other side, Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian will join me in discussing California's Fair Pay to Play Act, a piece of legislation passed Monday that has the potential to alter the college sports landscape. When it comes to saving big on tires, do the math at Big O Tires. Start by saving $100 instantly on sets of four Big O brand tires with paid installation purchase. Then receive an additional $50 by mail-in rebate on qualifying purchases using your Big O Tires credit card. Add it all up, and you can save as much as $150. The tires you need, the savings you want. Only at Big O Tires, the team you trust. Hurry, sale ends October 13th. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. It is called the Fair Pay to Play Act and was signed by the California governor on Monday and it has caused not ripples, but waves um, of um, reaction through college sports, the college sports landscape. And basically what this, what this um, new law does is it allows college athletes in the state of California starting in 2023 to cash in on their name, image, and likeness, which is a, a system that the NCAA has been fighting against since the NCAA existed um, for athletes to be able to make money on their, basically their appearance. So what the, this includes such examples as appearing in a commercial. Uh, if, if a UCLA quarterback, if a car dealership in LA wants to have a UCLA quarterback in a commercial, he'll be able to do that. Autograph sessions, if you know, a card show in Northern California wants to have the Stanford uh, basketball player at a card show, can do that. So it includes a lot of things like that. Name, image, and likeness now will be uh, for sale to athletes in, at California schools in 2023. The NCAA doesn't like this, and it stands contrary to the, the ideas of Mark Emmert and others that we've heard. So, Vahe, it's pretty big news. I mean, this is uh, a, this is perhaps a you know a game changer for compensating college athletes. It is, and look, it's it's early into this in the sense that this is one state that has done it. So right, it's sort of the early litmus test. Will other states get 
get involved. I some I are interested. Some, some have some are thinking yeah, about New York, it. South Carolina, are a couple that have yeah. talked about it. There's so many different ways to look at this. Cause now, it wouldn't kick in until 2023, I guess, is the notion. If, for argument's sake, let's say California is the only state that signs off on this, how does that affect the playing field? Well, it, if, right? it, I mean, it, in a major way, because I think that um, at that point, California would be separated <laughs> from the rest of 49 other states when it came to the NCAA because they're giving their athletes an opportunity to make money that athletes in 49 other states don't have. So, again, just playing this out from a from a sort of small logic point of logic. So then all these California schools are in total defiance of NCAA rules, subject to penalty, right? So how does that domino? It's very interesting to think of, right? I mean, the NCAA would have to respond in kind if, if it clings to its belief system here, which is antiquated, but they're going to fight it. Anyway, it's just my opening thought on it. On it is is where these where what are the fault lines where this is going to make for actual changes? The um, uh, the NCAA's response to California uh, when when they when, when as this was being formulated, the NCAA was was telling the governor of California to let us let us do this. You know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll make changes and work toward it, but don't don't sign it into law. Uh, because law supersedes NCAA rules. It's law in California. I mean, it's, you know, the, the UCLA quarterback isn't going to be suspended for, you know, for this, for, for uh, his name uh, selling cars at a dealership. So I don't think it'll get to that. I don't think in 2023 we're going to have one state with one set of NCAA rules than uh, in 49 states with another. But so does this mean do states start following the California lead here? Does the NCAA try to kind of hasten the pace of compensating athletes in a in a more fair way? Sam, you've written a lot about this kind of the, the topic of of college athlete compensation over the years. Did California go too far, or is it is it in twenty twenty three will college sports be where it should be in this in this matter? Well, okay, so uh, I'm actually going to say something on in the NCAA's favor, right? In, in, a, in a second, but, but. Okay, set your watches. But, you know, slamming the NCAA is the easiest thing in the world, uh, so allow me. Uh, that response about like, hey, don't pass the law, let us, just give us time, is so disingenuous. Like, they've had 50, 70, 100 years. Right. Like, well, well, since since Teddy well, Roosevelt formed the thing in 1906, yeah, I yeah. mean, so so 114 years they've had. No, no, no. All we need is another <laughs> we got 114. This. We got you know, it. Yeah. <laughs> like I was mean, just come on, you know. But on the NC, like toward the NCAA's point, there's a lot of unintended consequences, you know, in this potentially and, for sure. Yeah, and and I think that it's a strange thing because. I think athletes should be paid for their likeness. And and I think that, you know, we've we've built this model where colleges and and who make up the NCAA, the NCAA is not just like, you know, just one entity acting on its own, but those universities have wanted it both ways. They've wanted to be a business when it comes to producing revenue and paying people like paying non-athletes, and they've wanted to be a university when it comes to amateurism and all that stuff. And th- that has been I mean, just so outdated for a long time. I mean, sole influence is like, you know, the Dan Wetzel and um, Don, I Yeager. His Don yeah, Yeager book yeah. is like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there was even one even before that. I mean, th- this has been out there for a really long time. But so the NCAA should have, they shouldn't have let it get this far. 
um, is my point. But there are a lot of, un- like, you know, likeness is different. You know, when I think of that, I think of the university using, you know, Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma or, you know, whatever, um, on, on a poster or in a commercial or whatever. But now the unintended consequence is what if a, uh, a car dealership is always the, the example that comes up. What if he wink, wink has a, an autograph signing for some recruit that he really wanted to, to bring here. And only one person shows up at the autograph signing and he gets paid $250,000 for that autograph or whatever. You know I mean? There, there's a lot of, they've got to tighten it up, you know, and the NCAA needs to sort of, I don't know if this is the right term, but sort of rise to the occasion because this, this something's happened and, and they need to, they need to react being proactive. They had that chance that that's gone now, but they need to react in a responsible way. You know, a funny, oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Uh, no, just a funny little twist on this too. It's, it's sort of a minor point, but there's so much going on here. All right. So the idea of your own likeness that, that that's that's a place where I think we can <laughs> kind of all get behind, I right? Think, yeah, I mean, yeah. it you're seems born, to me you're born with your likeness. This is my name. It's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Right. So let, let you, me benefit from those jerseys. And you were the sole right? proprietor it's, of your likeness. It's and for better or worse, it's my likeness. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing. But but the extra twist on this and the earning capability of college athletes is going to be all different, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I used the example when we were talking about this recently. The rowing team. I mean, their 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 likenesses probably aren't going to be at the auto dealership they're probably not signing autographs maybe they are maybe there's some all-encompassing thing that helps the whole athletic department but i for some reason i find myself thinking about the lineman who's yeah. you know making it possible for patrick mahomes at texas tech to to you know be doing what he's doing yeah. and you know i got nothing no yeah i, I mean that, that's that one matter? of those no does it absolutely does and that's it's, one of those because it's it's funny like the ncaa has fought so hard against this that the arguments have piled up 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 if they just would have acted reasonably in the first place we could have had these reasonable right. discussions right. in turn as with many things devil's in the details and right the um but the overall concept here that the NCAA wants to protect amateurism and they want there to be a a difference between the professional professional sports and college sports when when I look at college sports and see you know coaches making multi-million dollars, and I see facilities that are just Taj Mahals, and there are television contracts that, um, that are worth billions of dollars to, you know, to the conferences that funnel down to, to the schools. Everything about major college sports is professional except for one thing, mm-hmm. compensating the athletes. Yep. It's true. And in, in the NFL, NBA, NHL, baseball, give or take a few percentage points, the owners get half, the players get half. In the NCAA, the <laughs> owners get all and the players get none. And that's rough because mm-hmm. players have actually gotten more over the last few years, right? right. Full cost of attendance has entered the... As a, I talked to a Kansas football player recently who told me that his full cost of attendance check is $1,200 a month. So that's over and above the... Um, you know the, the room book board to all that all that stuff so an additional twelve hundred dollars that's good that, that's mm-hmm. a, that seems like a pretty nice chunk of change and he says that he basically covers expenses that way apartment rent and uh and, and, and all the th- other things that he has to pay for so i am fully understand why the ncaa uh reacted the way it did but sam is right on the the idea that they better get behind this and they better figure out a way to make it work for everyone. 
And I think that this this I think this law, similar laws are going to pass in certain states. And it's going to be like gambling, where those are state laws. And the NCAA, you know, gambling is going to be in you know if it's like 15 states now. It'll be in 30 states in the next few years. This name, image, and likeness law in California, I think, will start to spread throughout the country. But the NCAA doesn't want to have 30 or 35 different sets of laws that it has to deal with in different states. Right. It has to be a national, some sort of national rule. And the other, the, the other thing that I thought was really interesting about the vote from the, in, in both the, the House and the Senate in California is it was unanimous. It was bipartisan <laughs> in a country that we can't, we can't agree on anything. <laughs> Both sides of the aisle were all that's for exactly this right. idea. Yeah. I've got to think there's something to this. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point. Hey, look, one other <laughs> side point that you made me think of just now, and probably it's, it's obvious, but you really got me thinking about the NCAA's motivation in preserving, and for our audience, the listening audience, I'll do air quotes, preserving amateurism. You know, for a long time, I've sort of thought it, it, that, that that point was clinging to something they saw as virtuous. I don't really feel like that anymore. I feel like it's clinging to what's what's driving driving the engine here, the, all the money. And it's hard not to see it otherwise when you break it down the way you just did, Blair. I mean, is it really about, you know, somehow the, the, the colleges are, are, are sacred ground for this? Well, no, it seems to be a cash cow that everybody's benefiting from except the players. And I, I don't think any less money flows into college sports if this becomes a more universal law. I think. CBS and TBS will still pay billions of dollars for the basketball tournament. ABC, Fox uh, will, will pay for college football in the way that they've been paying for it. And now with you know, the, the new streams of, of, uh, of television, um, the, the, the money will continue to be there. This income for name, image, and likeness won't be coming from the schools. Right. It'll be coming from Toyota. It'll be coming yeah. from... Adidas to, to to use a uh, an apparel company whose name is not the most popular <laughs> yeah. in these parts these days. But that's that's where the money's going to come from. It's going to come from outside right. the schools. You know what's interesting? I wonder if if it you know we're talking about unintended consequences. But you know every university has a an athletics fundraising wing, right? Like an office of, of people that raise funds. Is part of their job now going to be to go to the local businesses and be like? Hey, <laughs> would, it, uh, would it not be? You know, Why you, wouldn't it be? You got fifty grand for an autograph showing for that we can promise this recruit because he's really good. How really? It would be irresponsible if you weren't yeah. cultivating that, yeah. right? It's yeah. another level of development. You, you ain't trying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, to borrow part of a phrase, yeah. Yeah. but I think I think it would it would it would have to be. Yeah. The part about this I can't quite track all the way to the end, and, and maybe none of us can is. All right, let's say this, this seismic shift happens. It, does it in any way change the dynamic between college and pro sports to open up a lane? I mean, if it's this plane that clearly it's not amateurism and now we're, you know, you're really getting paid all the time, why aren't you just going pro? Well, and we're, does, does that I, change we're, that? Well, we're moving toward that in basketball level, now. We, right? we know that in a couple of years that there won't be one and done. Uh, and the NBA and the players' union are, uh, basically have said that, that that's going to change. It's football that yeah. that that's that won't change. And there's the whole idea of not being physically ready as a, as an 18 or 19 year old to go play in the NFL. I have heard the argument that uh, that should apply to all college football players except running backs, whose careers yeah. are are really short, and their their you know their employment opportunity in the NFL is short, and they're the ones that's the position that gets shortchanged a lot. Yeah, uh, but that that's a topic for another day. But no, I, I don't know if it. I don't know about for football. I think for 
for well, all other sports. You, you could make an argument, right, that maybe if you're on the fence, the, the promise or the, the existence of a 50,000, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but you know, $50,000 or whatever, um, if you don't really want to go pro, but you need some cash now for your family, for whatever, maybe $50,000 from you know doing some commercial keeps you in college. And if you think that that's Ooh. the better move for your long-term career, I, I, I think a lot of times like guys get forced into decisions that they don't want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've seen that, and I think we've seen it, we've seen it backfire. I think, I didn't think about this until you just mentioned the... Um, you know, uh, the football players have to stay three years. Uh, in the XFL, haven't they promised to, yes, you know... That, that's right. Recruit. Right out of high school. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. That's um, a decision. It, it is. But, and that brings up another decision, and this could have been part of the discussion if the NCAA would have acted, you know, honestly and, and reasonably all along, is that we always talk about how the schools and coaches get these huge contracts because of the talent, but there's no doubt, like the talent, the players, they benefit from that brand too. And and I don't know how to quantify that. You know, the 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 Kansas City Knights or whatever, like if if um, Devontae Graham or whoever goes and plays for the Kansas City Knights, they're not nearly as valuable as if they go play for Kansas. For sure. You know what I mean, there's, I don't, I don't know how to you quantify that part of it minor too. minor league baseball, basically. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Ooh. Well, it's, it's a story that will be, that'll continue to be in the news for for a while, and the NCAA is going to, you know, as far as I know, will fight this instead of working with yeah. uh, the schools, with with the California legislature and other states. So, stay tuned for that. Vahe Sam, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Blair. Thanks, ma'am. Links to the stories we discuss can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and the Red Zone Extra app. Thanks to producers Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra for putting together today's episode. And we'll be back on Thursday. The Chiefs will be the topic as the A-team gathers for a Facebook Live at Big O Tires in Shawnee. We always say we start at 9.30 in the morning. It's more like 9.45-ish. But, hey, tune in at 9.30 and uh, and at least you'll, you, you might get us. We might be there at 9.30. But I'd say 9.45 is more likely. See you then.